From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 27th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at Senator Tim Scott's visit to Iowa as part of his Faith in America listening tour as hype builds around his expected presidential bid. Also, Vice President Kamala Harris was in Columbia on Monday to tout the administration's efforts to expand broadband and make high-speed internet more affordable thanks to billions of dollars in the bipartisan infrastructure law. We also look at the week ahead at the Statehouse. I promise, I promise I'll be there running around this week, but also be on the campaign trail, that's right, because former Vice President Mike Pence is making a multi-stop swing through the state on Thursday. And of course, the lead loves hearing from you guys. We've got some great voicemails coming up in the wind down, but we need more. We always need more of your voices. That's why we have a voice mailbox set up at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, what's going on in your world. Tell us what you've been thinking about this uh, Haley coverage, Tim Scott rumors, speculation, hype. Uh, so much going on in 2024 as we're ramping up toward the primary next year. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, who you want to see in the race, who you don't want to see in the race. Any predictions, 803-563-7169. And folks, I know we typically put music right here, but I have a little programming note for you. We've got a little sneak preview, a little treat for you guys coming up on Saturday's podcast. Uh, we're going to turn the podcast over to Scott Morgan officially for the day as we debut his new podcast, Indebted. It's a series that he's worked on for months, and we want you guys to have a little taste of it. So that's why we're going to have the first episode on the lead. So if you're confused why that uh, that new episode's there, that's because we're seeding the podcast to Scott Morgan with Public Radio and his new podcast, Indebted. Unlike South Carolina, the Iowa caucuses have a poor track record of picking the nominee. Now I hear you, I hear you, I see you, I hear you. You're saying, Gavin, that's the pitfall of being first, first in the nation, as they say. And maybe being caucuses rather than a primary has something to do with that as well. And of course, South Carolina being third and serving as a big tie-breaking vote, you know, we have a little role there as well when it comes to picking nominees, especially the Republican nominee. Okay? So valid, I hear you, okay? But look here. The last three Republicans to win Iowa did not become the party's nominee. (gasps) Texas Senator Ted Cruz in 2016, former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum in 2012, and former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, who also promotes his Relaxium Sleep Aid on Fox, in 2008. Now, George W. Bush was the last person to win Iowa and the nomination and, of course, the White House in 2000. South Carolina, as you know, has a better track record with, of course, one exception since 1980. That's right, every victor in the primary has gone on to become the nominee, except former House Speaker Newt Gingrich in 2012. But, of course, Mitt Romney rebounded in Florida and went on to win the nomination that year anyway. But there are similarities between our states, according to Gloria Mazza, who's the chairman of the Polk County Republican Party, which is in Des Moines, where I was last week. I had a chance to sit down with her and talk about things, and here's what she had to say. I think probably we are pretty similar. We're definitely different. You have an ocean. We don't. We have cold weather. You don't. But other than that, you know, we, I think we are, you're talking to the same type of people, um, more rural away from metro, big metros, even though we have big communities and large cities in each state, but we still have a lot of rural communities. 
Like I said, Polk County is home to Iowa's largest city, Des Moines, and some 83,000 registered Republican voters. But caucuses are different than primaries, and that means you have to get out and about. You have to get people in a room. You have to get them to say that you're, they're going to vote for you, they're going to support you. And that's what Gloria told me the day before her caucus fundraiser dinner with Senator Tim Scott. Well, yeah, and they say, you know, Iowa's not diverse enough, but it really is. Polk County is just as diverse as any metro. But then you have the rural population, and our country's made up a lot of rural country. And we have 99 counties, and they won't just go to the bigger metros. They're going to go to the coffee shops in towns of 1,500 people. They're going to sit down with 10 people and look them in the eye and talk to them about what the issues are. And if they're being said here in Iowa, they're being said in South Carolina and Wyoming, you know, all the rural communities also. Senator Scott held two events in Iowa and also toured a Catholic school with the popular Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds, as part of her push for school vouchers and spoke at the Polk County fundraiser, like I said. But before that, he gave remarks before a crowd of about 85 people at Drake University, also in Des Moines, as part of his newly launched Faith in America listening tour. My relationship with the Lord changed my life. So it is personal to me when Christian teachers, nurses, and small business owners are persecuted because the left's definition of tolerance doesn't include them. Like many poor families, we moved around a lot, and I attended four different elementary schools by the fourth grade. Later, I almost flunked out of high school. My education, my future, was at the mercy of my zip code. So it is personal to me that Democrats spent COVID locking kids out of the classroom and now want to lock kids in failing schools. And you better believe it is personal when liberals suggest that people like my mama, a young, poor, black lady, would have a more dignified and better life if I was not born. Scott's speech at Drake was more serious than his event before more than 150 Republicans later that evening. He used a teleprompter and his tone as well as the room was somewhat somber. While speaking of a crisis of hope, which sounded very familiar to Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley's call to, quote, get rid of this national self-loathing where people are saying America's bad or that it's rotten or racist, quote, now, there's a lot of similarities in his two speeches that I heard and the five I heard from Haley over the week, but that's for another podcast. But after getting past his background and how he says that Democrats are failing the nation, he invoked a much more optimistic tone later that day. Conservatism is my personal proof. There is no ceiling in life. I can go as high as my character, my education, and my perseverance will take me. I bear witness to that. I testify to that. So for those of you on the left, you can call me a prop. You can call me a token. You can call me the N-word. You can question my blackness. You can even call me Uncle Tim. Just understand, your words are no match for my evidence. Your pessimism is no match for my history. My existence shows your irrelevance. The truth of my life disproves your lies. I will continue to proclaim boldly this truth from every mountaintop. Then I will do so from the deepest valley. I will do it in the boardroom, but I will also go to the classroom. 
I'll do it in an auditorium surrounded by friends. But I will also go to an inner city church surrounded by skeptics. I believe it because I have lived it. I have lived the original dream. Scott touted his work on the tax cut passed by President Donald Trump, as well as increased funding to historically black colleges and universities. He talked about his family living through Jim Crow, his grandfather not being born with a silver spoon, but a plastic spoon. Unlike at Drake, where he stood at a podium and, like I said, read off a teleprompter, at the Polk County Republican dinner in the ballroom of the West Des Moines Marriott, Scott was off the stage, walking around among the crowd, making eye contact and bringing more passion to the room. He spoke of what he called the Democrats' blueprint to ruin America for several minutes and how he'd fix that. Single moms like the one that raised me, in this current economy, it wouldn't just be an unfortunate challenge. It would be an all-out crisis. So to ruin America, you've got to make sure that the economy staggering towards the finish line. If you wanted to see the blueprint for ruining America, you'd have to make sure that in K through 12, you have more indoctrination than education if you want to ruin America. You'd have to make sure the kids spent more time on CRT than they do ABC. To ruin America, you'd have to go after the future generations in such a way that they would be confused on everything, even the basics. Whether it's a blueprint or not, it is exactly what Joe Biden has allowed the Democrats to do to this country over the last two years. And its devastation is reverberating, not just here at home, but around the world. To restore faith in America, the first thing we would do is we would cut taxes and give you your money back because you can design your life better than we can. We would take a step out of your way and let you win or lose by the decisions you make. If you're gonna restore faith in America, you would do what we did in 2017 when we, the Republican Party, the GOP, the Great Opportunity Party, lowered taxes in every single tax bracket. So now you're getting an idea of how Scott is going to be selling things on the stump, should he announce, similar again to how we're seeing Haley do this, which goes back to the discussion of them being really in the same lane with no real light between their policies or really their personal narratives, albeit they are unique unto themselves. It's going to come down to fundraising, money, polling, and who can go the farthest. Now, do you remember Gary Leffler, who you heard from on our last podcast, who asked Haley about how she's different than Trump and how he's looking for a Trump alternative and that she slightly cracked the door? Well, he was also at this dinner with Senator Scott. So I had to ask him what he thought now that he had heard from both South Carolinians who were in Iowa that week. Here's Gary. You know, uh, obviously two completely different styles, two completely different approaches. Tim Scott is like you're having this fireside chat with a good buddy and you're just sitting there and you're listening to the storytelling and how it impacted his life. And, you know, a lot of people are relating. Yeah, we had similar circumstances, similar episodes. So it's two little bit different styles. I think for him to move forward, he's going to have to get more into the policies and the differences and the things like that because 
you know, because once you hear his story once, right, well, you go to the next event, you're going to hear the same story. Hopefully not. But uh, he's a quality guy. He's got a quality message. He's got a great track record. And he's got a great story. And those are pretty good ingredients for a really good soup. As for Scott's future, well, he was on Fox News Sunday. And when asked about a potential 2024 run, he said, quote, My focus is still on the mission of making sure that every single American believes that the American dream is achievable for them, quote. Okay, folks, we are back home. I'm off the trail. And guess who was in town this week? Vice President Kamala Harris spoke at Benedict College on Monday about lowering internet costs and expanding high-speed internet across the country, thanks in part to the $65 billion in the bipartisan infrastructure law to do just that. She touched on how internet needs to be affordable, which for low-income qualifying families, it is thanks to subsidies in the law, which is critical to getting folks online. The internet is an essential part of everyday modern life. And yet, more than 24 million American households still do not have internet access, including 137,000 families right here in South Carolina, either because they cannot afford the cost of high-speed internet or because they live in a community, often a rural community, where high-speed internet is just not available. So over the years, many of you know, um, I have spent a lot of time in South Carolina. I have traveled from the upstate to the Midlands, from PD to the low country. And I've met with folks in rural communities like St. George and Darlington and Hemingway. And I've heard so many stories about what it means when folks don't have internet. Students who have to sit in the parking lot of a fast food restaurant just to be able to submit their homework on public Wi-Fi. Parents who cannot take on good paying remote work jobs because their internet is just too slow. Seniors who have to take their telemedicine visit in the corner of a public library because they don't have a connection in the privacy of their own home. The White House says approximately one in five Americans who do not use the Internet cite cost as the key factor. Now, these consumers are more likely to have school-aged children, make under $25,000 per year, and identify as a person of color. The Affordable Connectivity Program, administered by the FCC, provides eligible households up to $30 a month or $75 a month on qualifying tribal lands off of Internet bills, as well as a one-time discount of up to $100 off a laptop, desktop computer or tablet. Now, to further lower costs in May 2022, President Biden and Vice President Harris announced commitments from internet service providers across the country to offer high-speed plans that are fully covered by the Affordable Connectivity Program. That translates into millions of families now having high-speed internet. Currently, 300,000 South Carolinians benefit from the Affordable Connectivity Program that provides qualifying households, like we said, up to $30 a month off their internet bills. Harris also announced that HBCUs like Benedict College and Claflin University received around $3 million in grants as part of $175 million in the program Connecting Minority Communities to help schools fund enhancements to high-speed internet infrastructure. 
Here's Vice President Harris. Let us be clear, in America, in the 21st century, every person, no matter where they live, and no matter how much they earn, should have high-speed internet. It is simply a necessity. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we've been talking about broadband for a while here on The Lead. That's because so much money has been committed to closing the gap in our state, thanks in large part to federal funding from the American Rescue Plan Act, as well as state dollars. So, just to break it down, there's $400 million in ARPA funds for closing the broadband gap in our state. $180 million of that has already been awarded in the first tranche of projects. $100 million is coming from that bipartisan infrastructure law we were talking about, and another $100 million is coming from the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. And we've also seen $40 million from state lawmakers. That's $640 million to closing the broadband gap in the state. And it's happening. I quickly asked Jim Stritzinger, head of the state's broadband office, about how things are going. Here's what he said. So the remaining homes to connect is about 137,000. That's based on our current maps. And then what, we're, what we've, the investment we just made, uh, about $130 million, will bring our remaining homes down to 74. So, of course, we're working that number to zero and um, making great progress on it. That's really big, too, 130,000 homes or so. We yes. were originally around, like, what, 400,000 or so? Well, a year ago, we were at 221,000. So we've brought it down in one year from 221 down to 137, approximately. And then the investments will bring it down further. And that's the key thing is we have to invest first, and then the construction takes it and actually builds it out to the houses. And we have more than enough money, it seems like, in this Oh, point. yes. So. Yeah, we have enough money to connect everybody. It's just a question of getting it done and how fast. Last fall, Governor Henry McMaster hosted state regulators and broadband officials, along with Congressman Jim Clyburn, to tout that 100,000 homes had been connected to broadband since late 2021. And last week, Clyburn and McMaster were together again to launch Get Connected SC, a high-speed internet access and adoption campaign to transform how our citizens engage with the online world. That program is designed to identify the areas of greatest need in our state invest in broadband infrastructure to those key areas, and provide support services to make that transformation possible for every home, business, and community organization in South Carolina. So a lot going on with broadband in South Carolina. Like we said, expect to see that broadband gap closed within the next five years. Moving on, let's look at the State House this week. In the House, the Judiciary Committee is set to move the hate crimes bill H-3014 that would enhance penalties for folks who commit certain crimes based on intentionally selected in whole or in part because of the person's belief or perception regarding the victim's race, color, religion, sex, gender, national origin, sexual orientation, or physical or mental disability. Whether or not that perception is correct, the person is subject to additional penalties of up to $10,000 and additional term of imprisonment up to five years. Now, those penalties may not be imposed unless the person was indicted either separately or as a separate count in the indictment for the underlying offense. A similar bill passed the House last session but was blocked by several Senate Republicans. South Carolina and Wyoming are the only two states without penalty enhancements for hate crimes. Speaking of penalty enhancements, H-3532 will be on the House floor this week. This bill creates an additional criminal offense for those who commit certain crimes when on bond and adds a mandatory minimum of five additional years to a sentence if someone who has been charged with a crime is out on bond and is convicted of committing or attempts to commit a violent crime, strong-arm robbery, 
criminal sexual conduct, criminal domestic violence in the first or second degree, and any offense involving child pornography. Service of the five-year sentence is mandatory unless a longer mandatory minimum term of imprisonment is provided by law. The court shall impose the mandatory five-year sentence to run consecutively, and a person sentenced under this bill would not be eligible for parole or work release or good behavior. And another bill by House Speaker Merle Smith, H-3591, would ask voters in the next general election whether they want to repeal the prohibition against the state or its political subdivisions providing direct aid to religious or other private educational institutions. This is part of a legislative push for public dollars to go toward private schools and complements the education scholarship accounts bill that was passed by the Senate. So a lot of school choice agenda items being floated around in the state house. This is taking place, like I said, on the House floor this week. All right, folks, now from Columbia to the trail. (laughs) Yes, that's right, the 2024 trail, but here in South Carolina, where former Vice President Mike Pence will be visiting on Thursday with multiple stops across the state. He'll hold a law enforcement roundtable in North Charleston, then a fireside chat with pastors in Greenville before another such chat at Bob Jones University, along with a book signing of his latest book, So Help Me God. This will be Pence's ninth visit to the state since leaving office in January 2021. A previous trip to Myrtle Beach in North Charleston in early February was canceled since his daughter Charlotte Pence Bond delivered a baby boy. Mm. And on the way out, former Columbia Mayor Steve Benjamin has been appointed as the director of the White House Office of Public Engagement as well as a senior advisor. The White House said, in this role, Benjamin will oversee the White House Office of Public Engagement, which works at the local, state, and national levels to ensure community leaders, diverse perspectives, and new voices have the opportunity to inform the work of the president in an inclusive, transparent, and responsible way. His wife, DeAndrea, was just confirmed to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here, folks. I'm glad to be here because this is always our chance to talk, talk about things that aren't news related. Sometimes we do talk about the news, but that's okay because it's the wind down, no big deal. Right, A.T.? Oh, Gavin, thank you for introing me. That's yes. right, folks. A.T. <laughs> Shire, the Leeds producer. <laughs> oh, my God, it is so good to be here with you, it's Gavin. It's so good to see you face to face. I mean, are we in the same room? No, no we are not. No, but I can see your face. There is plexiglass between it's us. It's safer that way. It's safer that way. It's been, a, it's been in my contract since I, the beginning. I don't trust you that much, you, <laughs> you know? know? I trust you, but yeah, I don't I, trust you, you, you know? know? <laughs> Got that little glint in his eye. I get it. People say that all the time. I get it. Yeah, I, I want ju- to trust him more. I just prefer him without a sharp object. On the in his other eye. side know, of the that glass. plexiglass. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know where I, I prefer our listeners? On the other side of this voicemail box. Okay? <laughs> oh, I'm just it's so-, so good. I, you know, I was out. In the field for so long, yeah. I forgot what it was like to laugh. You went feral. I was two yeah. weeks. I was two yeah. weeks. My poor plants. Oh, oh my God. plants. All dead. They were all, all shaking. They were shaking their heads <laughs> when were. I walked in. I said, I told you I'd be gone. They were not happy. They're okay. They're hardy, just like their old man. Oh, they're steely. I mean, <laughs> you can't stop these bad boys. Anyway, Gavin, <laughs> since we didn't Please have- call us. Oh, since we didn't have- any call in our last episode. Mm. We're going to go ahead and, and do a twofer, a double dip. Mm. Really quick, we got a quick one and then a medium one, okay? okay. Are you ready for this yeah, first one? Sure, hit me up with the double dip. Okay, here we go. Dip one. Yes, my name is Robin Roberts, and I'm from the first district of South Carolina. 
speaking about Nikki Haley. Uh, I don't think it's her time yet. Uh, she should have waited until the next cycle, and maybe she would have had a chance. I don't even believe she's going to carry South Carolina. So uh, her best bet was to wait until next cycle when President Trump uh, is finished with everything that he's going to do and when uh, when the next presidency. So uh, that's my thoughts, and thank you. Uh, bye. Robin Roberts, thank you for calling. Thank you for leaving us uh, your message and what you think we might be seeing on the campaign trail ahead here in the coming months. I think that might be a keen read of the situation, but I think a who lot knows? Of people are, yeah, I mean, not too dissimilar from what we've been hearing. Yep. Um, again, super early still, so a lot of things can happen, but yeah. I, I, I love that, we Reed. Love, Thank you for calling. The, uh, this is this is what we need, you know? Yeah. Gavin's been asking. Thank you for calling in. Gavin, second dip. Double dip. Are you ready? Dip two, please. So I gave you the one dip. Yeah, no, I got that part. You... you you remember. Just because I've been on Central Time for a long time doesn't mean that I don't know how things <laughs> work around here. You see this guy. Look him in the eye. You oh know he's gosh. sick I'm on Central so Time. Still, I'm jet lagged. Anyway, here we go. Second dip. Hi, Gavin and AT. This is Nathan from Yeah, That Greenville. So last week, I'm just going about my business, doing some yard work, and listening to the South Carolina Lead Podcast. And you know, Gavin, I was feeling a little lonely, like I'm one of those few politics nerds out there who tries to keep up with our state legislature. And lo and behold, what do I hear but my good friend Ben Davis calling in from Greenville to leave a voicemail about a recent South Carolina lead episode he had heard. And, you know, Gavin, it did my heart good because I had never known that Ben was a listener. So the next day when I saw him in person, I told him that I had recognized his voice ringing out over the airwaves or the pod waves or whatever they are. And, you know, we just had this special little heartfelt moment together there, and there's been this new level to our friendship ever since. So thanks for all the good work that the South Carolina lead is doing, bringing politicsners together from all over the state. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, whose birthday was yesterday, and she's my hero. She works at Families by Adoption here in the upstate, and every day she helps connect adoptive parents with children. These folks make a real difference here in South Carolina, and I appreciate what they do. Um, lastly, I am going to have to agree with my friend Ben that I miss Russ McKinney's South Carolina trivia questions, but let's be honest. The real thing we miss, Gavin, is when you used to make wild guesses at the answers and then get all embarrassed about it. So here's an idea. Maybe Russ can give the trivia questions to you and AT both at the same time, then we can hear you both get all embarrassed and struggle to get it, and that will make all the rest of us out here feel so much better when we don't know the answer. So just an idea. Hey, thank you for all your work on the podcast. I enjoy listening, and keep up the great work. Nathan, thank you for calling as well. We love that the lead is bringing people together, and we have to get back up to that, yeah, that Greenville, hashtag yeah, that Greenville. You and Ben are up there having all the fun without us. Ben, we were talking about, he was talking about how he saw Scott Morgan that one day. Yeah. And I was like, tell us your address, Ben. We'll come up there. We'll do a podcast. He like DM'd us his address. I was like, (laughs) okay, well maybe one of these days, Ben, if I'm in Greenville and I need a place, I'm like, I need refuge, Ben. You you don't want this absolute animal in your house. (laughs) No, I will just eat everything. But I I do want everyone to know that uh, when Gavin and I, we started this podcast, we looked at each other and we said, hey, 
We want to bring people together. Mm-hmm. We want to. We want a podcast to be about friends. Okay? Leaders finding leaders. This is all we really wanted. The news absolutely secondary. We make that up on the fly. Oh. It's all ab lib. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not what we have already decided what the news is going to be, <laughs> well, I, it's, it, it's this is really an improv no. show above all else. Uh, everything is fake and. and uh, um, <laughs> The points don't matter. It's just like whose line is it anyway? <laughs> yeah, it's just improv for the news. But that being said, AT, the complete yes. opposite. Yes. 400 episodes. This is our 401st episode. Let's just pretend like it's 400. Because Gavin was sake. on the road. Yeah, just Papa count. Gavin's back in didn't town. Count. This is our four, 400. 400th episode. Yeah. And so really bringing, hearkening back to mm. the Russ McKinney years oh, is what I like to yeah. call them. Uh, I we were lucky enough to get a hundred and one episodes God. with Russ in yeah. the can. Wow! And uh, he, he, I think he's done. <laughs> yeah, you, we everyone wants. They call for Russ. They want him back, and it's like it's easier said hey, than done. Folks. Well, welcome you to think, the club. You, you know, think, <laughs> you think my contract is a nightmare? You don't want to know what's you, in Russ's. You don't like want to see pages. his rider is insane. He hates skin on grapes. Oh my God! He if gets he all see, the skin off. It's, yeah. It's, Dark. It's a lot, and he it's makes weird. he insists Gavin peels them. Uh, it's a real. It's just a mind that, game power love, move. <laughs> the witch's eyeballs. He says. <laughs> give, me, give me some more of those witch's eyeballs. So uh, no, but that was the funny part that, that Nathan just brought up. He's like, oh, I wish you guys would bring back Russ so we could hear both of you try. And he was like, he, I think Nathan used the phrase that. Um, you know, making these wild guesses or something. Yeah. I was like, uh, Nathan, that was my best, <laughs> that was best educated that's guess. top best guess. And I will say when we used to have the reporters on a good bit a while ago, I think Jamie was in here or Meg was in here. Someone was, they, they were in here with me. Maybe my own was. Sweating bullets. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's really intense in there. And you're yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. It's not just like fun and games with Russ McKinney time. It's like, are you really a South Carolinian? Now, what all of our listeners can now imagine now that we've done more of these types of episodes than our old type is that when Gavin was guessing, I had a microphone that only he could hear. And so I was just yelling random stuff. So Gavin was trying to think and oh, yeah. ignore me and get co- like come was, up with, he, he was trying to rub his belly and pat his head at the same time. And then time. the entire time we're like, if I don't get this right, then I'm going to be a failure in the eyes of South Carolinians. <laughs> Our numbers have gone up since. <laughs> <laughs> the, they, but the, the listeners, they demand more wrong answers from Gavin. So, it's uh, like, oh, it was so funny when you get it wrong. It's like, uh, that wasn't on it, purpose. It, 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 <laughs> it hurts. Was not a shtick. It hurts my soul to get them so wrong. Yeah. Uh, and also, Russ and I would conspire on it, so I I knew the answer ahead of time a lot of the time. Anyway, if anyone has any great memories of mm. old old episodes, oh yeah, give us your memories. If you've been listening since day one, all four hundred and one episodes, <laughs> four hundred, four hundred one, uh, we would love to hear from you. I mean, you can harken back to the quorum call days, to the Florida Man headline days. Oh, yeah, so much fun. The campaign trail. I mean, this podcast has come a long way. We've done a lot of stuff. And I'm going to say 98% of it is because of us. Yeah, I mean. Specifically me. I like, uh, but, I, the two per, but the rest, <laughs> you guys have been so important to that, that big 2%. It's, it's 1% AT, 1% you listeners, 98% me, Gavin. <laughs> And of course, my father <laughs> created this uh, podcast I, we, 400 we, episodes We ago. would not be anywhere if Gavin's father hadn't given him this podcast. 
<laughs> and truly, everything goes up to to real old Jay Jackson. Okay, so uh, call in just, just if you're on the old estate tax by passing down the podcast. Yeah, we put the pot in a trust, no tax. Uh, so uh, if you have, if you've listened to all 400, I want to hear 400 favorite moments. Okay, call in with 400 moments. Otherwise, if you're new, what's your favorite thing? Least favorite thing? Anything? If Please part, call in. If you're part of the one percent, as I like to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, uh, I'm 98%. That's anybody. You, the 1%, that's important. <laughs> Gavin, uh, I, please give the credits. Just know that as soon as Gavin finishes reading these credits, he will be going to sleep. Uh, and uh, have a good week. And please listen to Scott's pod. Yeah, he and I worked. Out, yeah. We worked really hard on this podcast. It sounds really good. I hope everyone listening likes it. Anyway, Gavin, credits, then bed, bed, bedtime, okay? <laughs> okay, you got credits and you got to go to bed, okay? No milk. Thank you again to Robin and to Nathan for giving us a shout. We love hearing from you guys again. Let us know about your some of your favorite moments from the podcast, all 401 episodes. Again, we can't do this without you guys. You guys keep us going. You're more than the 1%. You're the 1% in my heart. 803-563-7169. Give us a shout. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and South Carolina Public Radio.org. And also don't forget to support your local newspapers. And you can also give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love that too. Celebrate 401 with us on Apple Podcasts. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. This is sick. You know what you're doing to me? Look what you're doing to Gavin. He's not well. <coughs> oh, he's not well. <coughs> he's not doing good.